Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochilprano. Yeah! What's up, Andy? (laughs) You came in in a little hot there. Yeah. Well, I know we got got a, a former friend of the show. Still a friend of the show, waiting in the wings. So I just wanted to give everybody their first yeah of the day. I actually did not hit live, so we can repeat that for YouTube, that the one and only Matty Goldberg will be joining us today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, man. We got, yeah. we, got a, we got a good show. We got a lot going on. You know, we're, we're taking on... Wall Street. There's a lot of things going on here, Joe. Are we taking on Wall Street? I feel like we're the only people that are not taking on Wall Street. I feel like the dirt balls are taking on Wall Street in mass. Yeah. Like the way they're painting the people responsible for this Wall Street thing is dirt balls. And I saw this happening yesterday and I was like, what is the parent company of Bagel Bites? I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Arida, by the way. It's Arida Foods. Uh, Because I was like, wait, derp, you know, incels are saving, you know, video game stocks and companies. Like, it's like, hey, don't mess with our video game store. I was like, all right, Bagel Bites. Is Pornhub publicly traded? I'm in. Yeah. Whatever incels are in on, I'm in. Oh, it's, I love it, man. It's for real. Pornhub, I, not, not publicly traded. No. So, but Bagel Bites are. If That's, you need the next one. You did, you did some research, I see. Yeah. I've been loosely following it. We discussed pre-show. I do wish, this, this, is, a, this is a moment where I miss, I miss my dad a lot because I'm like, dad, what is your take on this? Right, like I. Well, you would have you would have for sure broken the news to him. You would have had to tell him about Reddit. You would have been like, "Here's what Reddit is, Walt." Well, I would have had to break it about Reddit, but again, he would have under he would have saw what was going on as far as how they're doing. Like he wouldn't understand Reddit, but obviously he reads the news, reads the Wall Street Journal, so he would have understood that. That could have been, and that could that could have been. I'm already picturing mentally the the conversation in the basement. Like we're watching some, we're watching Boomer and Geo, and then I'm asking about it. Yeah, and he's he's saying, "Oh, I had games, I had GameStop. I know he, ha- I know he had their stock back in the day at a point. I know he did, which is kind of interesting." He's like, "The video games, they're gonna be a thing. I'm telling you, I see yeah. my kids, see my kids on the Atari all the time." We weren't the biggest gamer household, to be honest. I thought I thought you said like one of your brothers was right, Greg, my brother Greg. Greg. Yeah, totally nerded out. We were me and Mikey were big sports sports gamers. John, deep down gaming rabbit holes at at points in his life, I'm sure. I texted John yesterday and was just like, 
are you like, are you seeing like, I can't, I was like, I can't believe you're not heavily invested in the, the meme stock game. And he's like, I am, of course I am. I was like, yeah, yeah of course you are. That's great. I would yeah, but- love to, I would love to know what John's fake internet persona acts like. I can only imagine. Yeah. I can only imagine he's got 30 of them. Knowing your brother. Then and like, if I know anything about John, John is having full on seven part conversations with himself in Reddit threads just to like fuck other people up. Like he's arguing with himself just to manipulate other Redditors. And I can see your brother, I, the mental image of him on his phone, just snickering to himself while yeah. he's doing it. Two phones. Just typing and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You should go to your brother John to handle this uh, this Venice homelessness situation. Oh yeah, he he, I forget what he was talking about. Like at one point, Laz said that to me, or Laz said to me, he was like, you know, he's right by Penmar, and when Penmar was out of control, he was like, I was like, Laz, what, uh, you know, how much would you pay, like cash, to just like rid Penmar of all those people? He's like, oh, I'll hand somebody ten thousand dollars right now, and I was like. Hmm. Do I want to get y'all involved in this? Cause for $10,000, he would definitely like poison their water supply. He'd go you know? uh, wild, wild country. Yeah, totally. I think he was like, at one point he was talking about like, well, for $10,000, I could get like a decent number of rats and infect them. And then just like, let them loose there. And he's like, that'll, <laughs> he's like, he's like, that would take care of it pretty quickly. I was like putting a plague into the Penmar golf course society. Yeah. That, that should take care of it. Yeah. And I think that would, that would expand beyond just the homeless yeah, population. To- totally. He's like, right? well, they'll stay where the food is. I was like, yeah, until they fucking procreate and then take over Venice. And then all of a sudden master Splinter is the mayor of Venice. <laughs> you know, what show the psychology of it's kind of fascinating. I start, I can't believe I started watching this show and I still, you ever watch a show and you get through like a whole season and I'm almost through the whole season and you still don't know, do I like this show? Will I continue to the second season of what? It's a new show on Amazon. It's called the wilds. Okay. And the premise is, I won't give too much away, but the premise is there's like eight to 10 girls that are, the plane crashes and they're on the island. They're high school girls. I'm so upset that the Wilds isn't just a reality show about Chris Wilds' family. I, I knew you were very upsetting. That. It's very upsetting. But here's the catch, real quick. And, and and this whatever this ruins it for like what an episode or maybe two. There was no plane crash. It was doctored by some <gasps> psychologist. Right. And they were they 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 were put on the island. They have cameras, and it's how they're going to react. Because this woman is doing a whole psychological study, which she's worked it into. If you put women together, it's so much better than the male patriarchy. So I do like how they're they're bringing in like modern day social justice. But it's one of those shows still where I I know like high school and college girl. I know young women would love it, which is kind of interesting that I'm watching this. But I just keep watching it. Is say, there already a second season? Yeah, they it was released December 10th. And they've already committed to a second season. I haven't finished the whole first season. Um, but that really. And this was Amazon Reviews with Andy Ruther. 
but that rarely happens, right? I'm I'm nine episodes in, and I'm still saying to myself, "Am I going to continue the second season?" Well, actually, I think that that's that tends to be what happens to me, which is I'll watch a whole season of something, and then when season two comes out, like if I'm not prepped and ready for season two to come out, I probably don't care. Yeah, like like I will know, you know, a year in advance when they drop the Peaky Blinders like release date. And I'll just like put a reminder in my phone. Sure. And if like, I don't care, then I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah. And then no, I, if I just, and then, and then what, what tends to happen is if, if it comes out and I like am reminded by, you know, internet chatter or whatever, and I start watching, it usually doesn't last. Like yeah. I watched like marvelous Miss Maisel. And then I was like, Hmm, eh, maybe. And then it was like season two and everybody was talking about it. And I was like two episodes in, I was like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, people talk about that. I do find this scenario kind of fascinating, right? How will people react? Because we've already seen that, right? And you've seen that through like Lord of the Flies or this isn't a new concept, but the concept of it was manipulated to put these teenage girls and it goes through their backgrounds, right? On each episode on this island. I, have, I know nothing about this show. So I'm like, I'm just like wondering, like if I investigate this, are you watching some sort of like, teen girl show and and like you're like heavily invested in some girl some show made for like tweens that's what i'm thinking are you watching twilight basically that's what i'm like that's what i'm saying i haven't googled it all purposely anything i just randomly came across it the other night uh and that's what makes it funny i i think you're i think i think you could be right joe that I'm watching like a teen bopper show and I can't get out of it. And that makes it even funnier to me. Who knows? We do have a lot of sports today. Again, we got Goldberg coming on. We got a lot of calls. Uh, I do want to get to major league baseball hall of fame or lack thereof hall of fame. Uh, but before we do that dirt balls, a quick reminder that you need to get yourself some fresh meat from butcher box. They got a great deal right now, and the Super Bowl is next week, Joe, and what better food to have for the big game than from our sponsor, our friends, the Humanely Sourced Meat Source, ButcherBox. Listen to this, Prano. ButcherBox is offering one rack of St. Louis ribs, one pack mm. of bacon, and one pack of pulled pork for free, mm. all in your first box. Mm. Sounds delicious. I love all of those things. Yeah, me too. Pork Bonanza. Sounds amazing, especially for the Super Bowl. Guys, every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meats right to your home. All the meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individuals. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum-sealed, so it stays that way. And you can customize their boxes if you want. All great Great things to get for the Super Bowl. Right now, once again, you can get a free rack of St. Louis ribs, one pack of bacon, and one pack of pulled pork off your first box. That's one rack of St. Louis ribs, one pack of bacon, and one pack of pulled pork for free. Mm, every time you say it. Just go to, delicious. Go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. Okay, Joe. Okay, Andy. I, I'm trying to reserve my frustrations, but it's really hard. It's re 
I'll tell you what, man. Baseball just makes it really hard. It, it's to the point with me, it makes it hard to me for me to say, why do I want to continue supporting a sport that is so ridiculous and so antiquated, and here I am once again? Well, I think there's – well, first of all, let's start with here I, here I am once again. We, I feel like the people who have been longtime listeners to this show are probably like, it's the annual Joe and Andy get pissed off about the Hall of Fame episode, which it absolutely is. And, you know, for, for newer listeners or people who forget or who listen to a million podcasts and don't know, like the idea of the gatekeepers being people who can't pick up a baseball without help is I think that the really frustrating part. To answer your other question, though, um, why keep supporting his work? Because uh, the Hall of Fame vote doesn't have anything to do with the fact that Jacob deGrom fucking shoves, you know? The Baseball Hall of Fame doesn't have anything to do with Mike Trout being a goddamn pimp. Like, there's a lot of great things about baseball, and we almost need to separate... um, the mismanagement of baseball from the players union, the league, the commissioner, the hall of fame, whatever, and just enjoy the actual baseball. Now, sometimes some of that stuff, you know, sneaks in for sure. We've, we've been dealing with, you know, a lack of a salary cap forever. We've been dealing with, you know, different rules in both leagues forever. We've been dealing with, not being able to share stuff on social media. We've been dealing, like there are certain things, but in the end, like I hate to go full, you know, James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams, but like baseball, Andy, baseball. Like, like to separate ourselves from it and just like enjoy baseball. Get what you're saying. Enjoy the baseball of baseball and forget the noise, you know? But, you know, we're talking the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. So, So we're talking the most cherished, thing of every sport right that's the goal you want to get in the hall of fame it doesn't matter their sport and that the fact that it's 2021 and baseball still has a morality clause which again is a clause that is based in opinion not statistical evidence i just i just why do we have this well here's you know i'm gonna we're letting humans decide the morality humans who can't seem to separate what somebody does on and off the field. If you, I'll just say this, Joe, if, if as a writer or as anybody, if you can't separate two things, but, but they have separated, right. Or they have in the past or whatever, like the, the off the, like Mickey Mantle's in the hall of fame, you know, Ty Cobb is a murderer. Like they're like, they have separated it in the past. You know, I think, I think obviously the steroids thing is the struggle now because the argument is it was on the field in essence, you know? Um, I think the biggest problem and we talk about it every year is how do you determine which guys get in? Like David Ortiz is going to get in, but he got busted but Barry Bonds has never got busted, but he's not going to get in. Like there has to be, if, if you guys are going to like have some moral stance on this, it better be consistent. Like I'm glad Mike Piazza is in the hall of fame. Everybody seems to agree. He probably took steroids, but he never got busted. So he's in, but Barry Bonds didn't get busted, but there was evidence 
so it's like it gets very blurry but i'm going to say something i think is very close to your heart and something that you have probably felt for a long time which is we go back to pete rose until pete rose gets in who gives a fuck like you guys have been embarrassing yourself by keeping the hit king out of the hall of fame for 25 years so at this point it's all just like we can talk about the you know uh we can talk about like the fraudulent uh way that people get in or don't get in or whatever but like it's you know if you're upset about it now for people out there you should have been upset about it for 30 years like the idea that pete rose isn't in is stupid every single person after that is the same thing you're judging people for some shit because why and 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 the 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 thing with pete rose is we don't even know if he would be in because he's banned from he's not even on a ballot yeah so but the other thing about pete rose is pete rose isn't on pete rose is suspended from baseball for life simply for this at this point no one's hiring pete rose to manage no one's hiring like pete rose is the only thing that pete rose's lifetime suspension is for now is to keep him out of the hall of fame to have him not on the ballot so like now the home run king isn't in yeah we know the hit king's not in like it's you know it's never it's never going to get better until we start with the first guy you did this to yeah and i'm glad you brought up p because i had that on my mind i always do when they do the voting but that's a very very important point we don't have in a sport that's based so much on stats and numbers baseball more than any other sport you could argue we don't have the hit king and the home run king in the hall of fame if they're not doing a self-analysis by looking at that or looking at themselves in the mirror how the voting works or the systems or wanting to change things it's a serious problem i mean it really is and i tweeted this out i i think i was obviously condescending to the writers but i think it's a legitimate point i wrote this Replace the dorky MLB writers who didn't play sports at all with an AI analytics-based metric system. The Hall of Fame should be decided by unbiased stats and former players. There, I just fixed the Hall of Fame voting problem. I think there, that's, that's, um, that's great in theory, and I think that it could work in, it could work in, uh, in reality too, but I think what you need to do is there like if you if you put together that model right and you put together the model that that worked like by era you know what i mean how did this person compare to other players of their era as opposed to you know jeff kent is 50 million times better than like phil rizzuto or whatever or whoever the fuck you know what i mean yeah. i don't think phil rizzuto's in as a shortstop maybe he is i don't know He's probably in as a broadcaster. But my point is, like, the idea that we don't just have some bar that if your career was over this war or you averaged over this war per year, you're in, you know? But if you could, if you could model something like that, what the Hall of Fame is really about now, essentially, is that they are a museum, right? So they get access to all these items, 
and blah, 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 blah. So if you want to visit a hall of fame, like when you, when you, if you, I've never visited the hall of fame, which is amazing. Cause I'm, I didn't grow up that far from there, but you're not going to see the busts. You know what I mean? You're going to see the items and then the busts and all that stuff. Those guys are just there and it's like a thing, but I actually agree with you. And I think if you had enough money and you could get into the bidding on these items, you could start a second, you could start a competing hall of fame. Interesting. My point is, I think we need to get Andy Lazarus on the horn. He's a big baseball guy. We start, we start with a couple items. We put, we put Pete Rose and Barry Bonds in with Babe Ruth and like five other guys on the first ballot. And we start our Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's such a mess. And I got to bring up the Kurt We can do it in thing. Cincinnati, Ohio, where the first professional baseball team was. Yeah, I love it. Hey, I got a full basement. I mean, what, what, what are we doing in Cooperstown, New York, by the way? Yeah. I have no idea what the reasoning for that is. Hey, why don't I turn the shed in the back into a Hall of Fame? Great. Ask your brothers how they feel about turning Walt's house into the new baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> Three-fifths majority. So you got one vote here. Can I get two of the next four to vote? That's a, that. Hey, if, if it could... You could charge fees, right, to show up? Absolutely. There's possibilities there. The Kurt Schilling thing really bothers me, though. really bothers me as much as the Bonds thing. Because, again, it is – It doesn't bother me nearly as much as the Bonds thing because Kurt Schilling was, like, great. And, like – You know I, why it bothers me, though, Joe? It's, I don't it, – it, Yeah, it they, seems they like – They can't separate. It doesn't mean you have to agree with his – wild awful political takes you know what i'm saying like it doesn't it's just dude if you look at his numbers postseason like he's one of the best of all like he was just lights out his entire career the numbers back it up i mean i, mean, I don't know how much you looked into the voting they they said it's rare Schilling had over 70 percent last year mm -hmm. right they said every guy basically when you hit 70 percent the next year you're in yeah, you get you get they're, the set. They're saying they're saying Roland will be in next year because yeah. he got to sixty whatever. And honestly, I think that's also a problem. Not that I don't think Scott Roland is a Hall of Famer. I think the argument has always been Scott Roland didn't feel like a Hall of Famer when he played, but his numbers say that he is. And to me, I think it's got to be a part of each of those. But my point is is that next year, if Scott Roland gets if if the Hall of Fame class is Scott Roland then the Hall of Fame has lost its way. I mean, the Hall of Fame has already lost its way, but it will, like, why are we even taking this seriously or talking about it if next year they're like, the only player to get elected to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is Scott Rowland. We're like, fuck you. But, but, but again, the morality clause is, if I'm a writer... But there is no morality clause. That's what, that is one of the things that they vote on. It is. You, meaning i don't know what that means that's my point it's a very i, I think I, th I think basically what they're saying is that they're making moral they're making judgments on people's morals but there's no i mean 
people aren't being kept out like on a on a like a loophole situation. People are just going, I don't like Kurt Schilling. Which is fine. You don't have to like him. But because to- I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with Kurt Schilling's morals. I think there's something wrong with Kurt Schilling's brain. Like Kurt Schilling is a fucking idiot. But what does that have to do with him throwing a baseball? And do I, and, and do I take point. and do and do I take joy in Kurt Schilling not getting in? Yeah, I do. It's great. But also, what does it have to do with him throwing a baseball? Yeah, well, like I, I don't. It bothers me straight up. It bothers me that Kurt Schilling being at home crying doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me, again, is this discretion to say, hey, he's so far off the deep end with his politics, and he's so far right, and he supports insurrections and a completely blatant lie that the election was stolen. He supports all these bogus things that I, I would mean, never I mean, literally support. every single person that was that played before the 50s that's in the Hall of Fame was racist. Believed in segregation. Yeah. Pro- so that's my point. Like, well, like, you did. I mean, it, like, I'm, I'm sure there's a guy out there or two guys out there or three guys out there who are vocally in the 30s saying, hey, we should let everybody play this game. But it's not 200 guys. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's kind of my point is just like, if you can't separate, I have problems with people in general who can't separate. Like, if you but can't again, s- it, it, it look, we should take this. We should take it away from the writers in general. This I, is hundred percent. This is an antiquated system. That's my AI only, idea, right? We're the only people who are watching baseball every day are the people that are at the ballpark every day writing about it because there's no television and there's no whatever, like change with the times you can, you like, listen, um, Derek Jeter who got in with a hundred percent of the vote or whatever it is. Um, can cast an, a ballot for the Hall of Fame without leaving his Miami mansion. So let him have a fucking vote and let all these guys have a vote. Like, the, you, make the vote the Hall of Famers. How about that? The end. Yeah. Well, like that's why one of my tweet is like, make it the players and then some sort of metric-based system because – the writers have shown they're they're just awful and like you always joke about the thought of them who never played the sport trying to say hey yeah and he, it's and it's also be- it, it's more than them not playing the sport it's them wanting so bad to play the sport but not being able to that now essentially they hate the people that they cover. And it's not just baseball. We know this. I mean, the right. fact that Terrell Owens had to wait three times, I believe, to right. get into the NFL Hall of Fame because the whiny little writers didn't like him and he was mean to him when he put... It's like, dude, get over it. The numbers don't lie. The guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of the best wide receivers of all time. And you made him wait three times? That's absurd. Yeah. You know, it's despicable. But, I, you know, I go back to our original point because we could, we could do this all day. This has been going on for too long in baseball. It's been going on the entirety almost of our lifetimes. I mean, Pete, 
Rose got busted in what was that? 80, 89. Yeah. So I was 10. I'm 41. Three quarters of my life, Pete Rose has been banned from baseball. And that's fine. And that's fine. I don't care. Like, I there's rules across all of fucking every baseball park in the whole world that you're not allowed to gamble. So fine. He's suspended you, for life. But you are now, so. Right. Well, you, you still, I mean, you still can't gamble on the games as a player. You know what I mean? But, or a manager. But my point is, good, fine. Don't let him anywhere near a baseball ballpark again. Also, what the fuck does that have to do with the Hall of Fame? But, but again, let's, let's, let's look at it, though. He's banned, but he's not when they do the all-century team. Hey, he's on the field. Right. He's banned, but hey, the Cincinnati Reds can put a statue of him in front of their major league baseball ballpark. Yeah, it's like he's banned, but we're gonna do this, and, and we're gonna allow this. The gatekeepers thinking any of this stuff is going to stop a future player from doing anything is stupid, especially in terms of like the cheating or the steroids or whatever. Is like if you need to cheat to be a Hall of Famer, you you needed to cheat. Yeah, regardless, you know what I mean. You needed to cheat to be a big like the the difference between a guy who just barely makes the big leagues and the greatest baseball player in history is so much smaller than the difference between a guy who makes the big leagues and you and I, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't know, pick, pick a fucking random major league player. Michael Conforto is, is so close to being Barry Bonds. It's not funny. Like he's so goddamn close. So like steroids and all that stuff and the cheating, that's why people freak out about the Astros thing and the steroids thing and the whatever is because those little edges can take a guy from being, you know, the right fielder on your favorite baseball team to one of the greatest players ever. And I understand being upset about that, but it's like, first of all, Major League Baseball all allows it all to happen. Yeah. So don't fucking be pissed. Like, Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame. Bud Selig, like, promoted steroid use. Yeah. So pick a fucking lane. And that lane should be kill all writers. And then we'll figure out the Hall of Fame. I don't know if we're, like... Sarcastically. Sarcastically. Kill their careers. Kill the pen so they can't write and vote anymore. Yeah. Because the pen is mightier than the sword. That's what you meant to get. Right. Totally. I get it. I totally get what you're saying. Joe, we got to get Goldberg on. I, I, I want to yeah. bring Maddie on. But before we do that, I want to brag real quick about my bomb hoodie from our new partner, Cuts. And I absolutely love the gear. I can't rave enough about it. Look at this black hoodie. This is – it's – fits perfectly it's not, i hate when they're too baggy it's not too baggy it fits my body great and what i love about cuts clothing they sent us a bunch of stuff they sent a polo a hoodie they sent a nice shirt that i can work out in but it's all versatile right the clothes so i could i could wear this on a jog i could wear this on a date like yeah, for- i mean i was about to say it's it you know i'm not wearing my hoodie i'm wearing a different black hoodie but i'm like wearing a hoodie that i would like sit around the house in which obviously you could do in that but like i really when i put on the cuts hoodie i was like this is like my formal hoodie i guess (laughs) yeah 
this is the hoodie I'll wear for special events. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. Their gear, which I love, again, they sent us a great box. It comes in this really chic looking box is that it's so versatile to wear. It's kind of like, I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, it's like, it's like the Tony Stark of clothes. Like, like you have the Iron Man feel where you're kind of cool and hip and chic, but it's also got a casual vibe, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I love the polo. I've golfed in the polo a couple times already. I love the stretchiness. I love, like, it. it's really, you know, form-fitting, I would say, is the, is the word for it. It's like, you know, it's definitely, like, they call it cuts. It's well-cut. Yeah. Um, and, and super, like, quality, quality stuff. It really is. Guys, get yourself some new Great Cuts gear. Entrepreneurs, Mavericks, athletes, podcast hosts, everyone loves cuts. They're echoing GQ, who says, it's the only shirt worth wearing. I couldn't agree more. Let's kick off 2021 the right way, starting with your wardrobe. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com forward slash dirty. That's cutsclothing.com forward slash dirty for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing, and uh, you won't regret it. You'll look fresh. You'll feel fresh, and it's a great way to kick off 2021. Okay, let's get Matty G, I think he's watching the show. I've texted him. I said after uh, we completed that ad read to hop in. We've so. talked, you know, we've talked about the Hall of Fame. I, I think Matty, certainly a Hall of Fame guest of the Dirty Sports Podcast. But I would argue there's some performance enhancing drugs. Every time I go over there, there's handfuls of things being shoved in his mouth. He's like, I just need this to do one thing. So we'll get him on. You know, a lot. I, we. We don't have a morality clause for our Hall of Fame. Maddie's in. Yeah, I agree. Maddie's in. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and uh, it looks like he is hopping right in. You hear, Maddie? I just can't wait for the top of the head to show up. What is his name? There he is. <laughs> there he is. Maybe. <laughs> You have a hey. Chicago Cubs shirt on? Why not? <laughs> Goldberg, you look like you like he looks like a mad scientist right now. He looks like he just fell off the toilet and discovered the flux capacitor. I wake up and I sh well, I go to I shower before I go to sleep, so that's why my hair's <laughs> messy. So I'm I'm in my new bed. My uh, Andy's checked it out. My my uh, whatever it is, my whole. You look like you're in an RV. He does. Uh, yes. So um, I'm feeling good. There's a weird dot on my head. Yeah. From the light. Matty, I got to ask. Your name says Jake's Cash P. Oh, yeah, I got to change that. Corona. What you do is when I play these poker uh, Zoom tournaments, we bet on players if you get knocked out. So you bet on like five players. So those are my five horses. So let me uh, <laughs> let me rename this. It's nothing urgent. I just was curious what was going on. Yeah, I, that's I, it I like it. Welcome to the show, Jake's Cash P Corona. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. 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 I was. Uh, I just piggyback on your thing. I'm a big Ted Nugent fan. Now that guy's a nut job, but I argue with people all the time. Like, hey man, Stranglehold's still a killer song. Can't take that away from him. 
can't take rock and roll coochie coo away from the guy. I know he's a nut job, but hey, man, those songs stand the test of time. You're saying you can separate his politics from his art. Absolutely. I argue with people all the time about that because they're like, Ted Nugent sucks. I'm like, dude, that guy can wail on the, on the, the guitar. And that's why Ted Nugent should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just saying separate. You got to separate the art from the artist. I agree, Maddie, and, and that, that'll bring us to our conversation. One of the reasons yeah. we're bringing you on here is uh, a lot of people don't like Tom Brady's politics. They don't like his personality. They don't like have his politics vibe. anymore. I don't even know if he talks about it. I think he kind of realized he has to not talk about it or else he'll be canceled pretty fast. So he just he got rid of all that stuff. Whether he believes it or not, I have no idea, but he kind of washed that away. You know, he kind of knew. He was like one step ahead of everything. Now, that makes you, sense. Yeah. Now, you and Joe, you had a bet, sure. and you've been riding Tom Brady before the for, season. For 20 years. You've been riding yep. Tom Brady. Yeah, during the yep. season. And here he is. He's well, back. what happened was, you know, Mr. Prano, who I love. I'm not going to take any shots. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and I think it was in March when Brady signed with the Bucks. Uh, he tweeted – you know, Belichick should – I don't know why people hit me up right now. But he tweeted, Belichick should get Andrew Luck and end the debate forever. And as a Brady truther, boy, did that make my blood boil. And I just wrote something like, Brady's going to win that. And then you challenged me to the bet. And uh, I was first guy to go to the Super Bowl. And I knew I, – I, you know, I believe if the Patriots do get a good quarterback, they can turn it around fast. I actually thought they were going to tank this year to get like, you know, somebody really good. Cause there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming up, but uh, you know, Brady did it, man. He went to a good team. He turned them around, taught those guys how to win. And uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, he's the real deal. I had a lot of friends who are Bucks, excuse me, Bucks fans that I was like, dude, you're getting the real deal. And they're like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. He's old or, you know, and I'm like, no, man, trust me. Then I get these texts. You were right. So I don't know well, what to say. Well, I got something to play that I, yeah. that I discovered via Uh-oh. Dirtball Tip. Prano, Maddie did call it on this show. This is crazy. That's play. what I said because yeah. Maddie kept going back to the tweet. I was like, I feel like we had this discussion on the show. You and him did. I'm going to play it real quick. Yeah. So since you're a big Bucks fan, what's your prediction? How many games do you think they win? How far do they get? You're gonna think I'm, you're gonna think I'm crazy. I'm going 12 and four, and they're gonna be in the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs. And I can't. <laughs> I, I think Mahomes is the man. You laugh at me, but don't doubt my Tom Brady. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You Patriots fans, you're unbelievable. And you know what? I can't believe this either, Prano. This is this is a this is a day for for the for the two deadheads. Do you remember what I predicted during the super for the Super Bowl? No. Listen to this. I don't remember this either because it was my dad was sick and I had so much going on. Listen to this. Well, I'll just continue. I'm just gonna ride it. You you called me out. You said you're a Brady boy. I'm gonna ride him. Tom Brady makes the Super Bowl. Brady versus uh, the young phenom, and I think uh, Kansas City repeats. Wow. Is this a glorious day for us, Maddie? We both called Chiefs versus Bucks. Now I have Chiefs winning, at least preseason. 
Well, now here's the question I have for you guys, and I'm and I'm glad that you're basking in your glory. And I know I know that it's it's settled. It's a done deal. It's been proven. It's been proven that you know Bill Belichick is is basically just a uh, you know one of his. Tom Brady was one of his many cheats. He had he had a lot of cheating scams, and and having the goat was just one of them. So if, now you're turning on Belichick. No, no, no. I'm no, I'm not turning on Belichick at all. First of all, I think both of the, I think I've always said both of them are great. I all I merely said was you put another quarterback in that system, I think that they could do the same or better. Now, I've also come around and said the reason I became a Peyton stan after all that was what he did when he went to the Broncos, turned him around. Brady went to the Brady went to the Bucks. He took him to the Super Bowl. I took my lumps. I gave you your goat. But now my question for you guys is who are Brady stands and and basically, you know, Belichick dismissers at this point no. is is if Tom Brady loses the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs and Bill Belichick gets a competent quarterback and and goes to a Super Bowl or wins a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford or whoever, does that flip the debate back to Belichick? We don't know that because that, that hasn't happened. We do know that Tom Brady made the Super Bowl in the first year. So we don't know that. We don't know what the Patriots are going to do. So we don't know that. No, I, and that's – listen, you made, I, you, made, you made your claims when you didn't know what Tom Brady was going to the Super Bowl. I'm merely asking you because you're here. Maybe we'll have Maddie back on on February 10th or whatever it is. But I'm just saying it's not going to be an easy game, right? I, I know, I know the goalposts like the with the Brady haters, the goalpost keeps changing. So when the season started, was he was going to be a mess? It was going to be a joke. He's all done. Then it was he's going to lose in the playoffs. Then he's going to lose to the Saints. Then he's going to lose to the Packers. He's still alive. So, and, and the way the game played out, and, like, I got to be honest, I have on Twitter while I'm watching this game, I got you, Joe. I got your Twitter open. Yeah. I got Barry McCockner. <laughs> I got Nick Wright's Twitter open. So, I got all the Brady haters. And, well, McCockner is the, the goat of the Brady haters. I mean, that guy is just a, a maniac. But I was thinking, if he throws, like, five, 500 yards and five touchdowns, and beats Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of fun. But the way the game played out, nothing is over. Like, you guys are still mad because you can say Matt LaFleur fucked the game up. You can say, uh, you know, the call with the pass interference because they didn't call any I'm calls. not mad. I'm not mad about anything. I gave you yeah. guys – I gave you I gave you Brady Slurpers. The Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. But you do okay. it kind of backwards. That, that's my opinion. That's your opinions. Now, a fact, sure. these are all our opinions. Facts yeah. are Tom Brady played like shit in the second half of that football game. Yeah, but he did play great in the first half. And, they <laughs> have the, and right now they got the best defense going. Like these young guys are coming together and they're really fun to watch. And, and like I was telling Ruther last night. But we're not going to – but that's the thing. You can say that, but the one thing we're never going to do, and by yeah. we I mean – Everybody who's chattering about this, sure. we're never going to say 
Tom Brady carried by his defense. Their defense could be as great as they can. We didn't say Tom. No one says Tom Brady carried by his defense when he throws for 175 yards and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It's goat, 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 goat. And the only people that carry by their defense are guys who, you know, go into the Super Obviously, Bowl with way worse playoffs, defenses and get, get that claim against them. The, the defenses are obviously better in the playoffs. So his numbers aren't always going to be, like, astronomical. Like, he's just not going to – you're not going to see that what the Detroit Lions, what they did to the Lions this year, you're not going to see in the playoffs. So you're going to get this, the Redskins, which was a pretty good defense, but, you know, they didn't really show up. The Saints were great. I thought their defense was great in the first half. And then, you know, well, Drew Brees was getting hit a lot, and he kind of lost it. And then the Packers were a solid defense, but they're not a great defense. So he had to play like three really great defenses. And, you know, I mean, yeah, he didn't have a great second half. But like what I was telling Ruther yesterday is there's certain teams that have really talented players and they have windows and they, their windows close very fast. Like take the Bengals, probably what, 2016, 2017. They had a Super Bowl defense. They had Andy Dalton, they had Marvin Lewis. Never won a playoff game. That window is gone. The Cowboys had Romo, uh, and they had Dak for that one year. With uh, what's the coach again? That's uh, he's the Giants coordinator Jason now. Garrett. Yeah, they didn't, they couldn't get it done. That window is closed. So, and and the talent that the Bucks had, Brady was able to get them to the Super Bowl because they could have brought another quarterback. They could have had well, Brady, another that, that, That's where you have to give Brady credit, and that's why I've said – that's why I said last episode. Yeah. I, I don't, like, mock anybody or call anybody fraudulent for, sure. for being smart enough to say, my team's on the decline. We yeah. have – like, whether, that, whether he was part of that or not, uh, for him saying, I see a better situation and I'm going to go to that situation. I want to play until I'm 45 and I'm going to go to a situation where there's talent and where I can, where I think I can win today. The idea that Tom Brady was like, let me re, you know, let me save the bucks franchise from, from the dumpster fire that they are is hilarious and ludicrous. Well, he knew he look, when, he when knew I they talk, had talent and he knew yeah. he could win if he went there today. And, and, and like, I think he was going to decide between that and San Diego. And he looked at San Diego and, and Tampa Bay and he was like, San, you know, Tampa Bay has a better chance. I have a better chance in the NFC. I really like the defense. I love the weapons and I have a better chance to, to go to the top. And like, you know, it, it bummed me out because watching the Pats last year, they had no weapons. They had nothing. And it, it got proved this year. They really didn't have anybody, you know, and, and, you need you need something. Can I hop in here real quick? Yeah, of course. I, I want to answer Joe's question from a yep. few minutes ago um, about Belichick if he goes to the Super Bowl. For me personally, Prano, it, both can exist, right? Like I, I've always said, I think Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. So Brady can be the best quarterback of all time, and he can be. For me, it just show it would show how good belichick is as a coach if he goes to a super bowl in the next couple of years with uh, let's say a matthew stafford or whoever like that wouldn't change the argument for me it would just show those two worked and we, we all know this like they worked so well together the the marriage between brady and belichick is the, the best i've ever seen in nfl history you know it was 
it was just maybe a longer version of Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. So personally, it wouldn't change anything for me. I still think Brady's the best quarterback of all time, and I still think Bill's the best coach of all time. So I, I, I don't know that. that. That wouldn't change for me. My, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. My only question to Joe is, so like, you know, I, I watch your Twitter, and, uh, and during the Bills and the Chiefs game, when uh, the Bills got that punt fumble, yeah, you tweeted, uh, you know, they got that because something about the will to win or Josh Allen gave him the will to win. And I know it was a little shot of Tom Brady because everybody's like, he just motivates these guys and they play better. And so, like, if you're saying that's not the case, then you must say he's, like, the most talented quarterback. I mean, it's got to be one or the other, right, or a combination. Well, I, I don't think Tom Brady is the most talented quarterback of all time. That's for I, sure. I don't think so either. Great. So, well, like, I, I, I'm not sure what your question is. I mean, yes, the shot. The well, shot I think you were taking a shot because all of a sudden everybody's like. I was you know, because that play had nothing to do with Josh Allen. Just, sure. as, just as, you know, a missed pass interference call at the end of the first half has nothing to do with Tom Brady. A fumble to start the second half doesn't have anything to do with Tom Brady. A Matt LaFleur. You know, coaching boggle doesn't have anything to do with Tom Brady. The tuck rule being a horrific rule doesn't have to do anything to do with Tom Brady. D4 lining up offsides. He didn't. So now you're bringing out all these lucky things. Correct. So like, That's what, I'm, it, I'm, what I'm bringing out is all the things that, listen, Tom Brady, I've never denied his greatness. I've just merely said it's a situation. Like, and forget the luck thing. Forget all of that stuff. It's the situation he was in is why he's had the sustained greatness that he's always had. And, but we don't like the, you know, and I know that you, you're either on one side of the fence or the other. I actually don't think I'm on the side of the front fence of hating Tom Brady. I just look at Tom Brady as what Tom Brady has done. And I look at him compared to what I, the eye test does for me for other guys. And I go, it, he's, he's had a lot of luck. He's had a great situation. And we like the idea that we do that people do this that act like some you know Devin White's causing a fumble because Tom Brady's on the sideline kissing his son on the mouth like they're not related. You take all these backward shots though. You don't. You act like you don't, but you do. You continue I'm, to. I'm just. It's saying. not a. It's not. It's not a. Like backwards. nobody believes that you really like Tom Brady. Like I don't nobody like Tom, does. I don't like Tom Brady. But that does that has nothing to do with with anything. And nobody believes you even put him in the top five of quarterbacks of all time. I don't even think you do. Which in is fine, of, but, but it's but, insane. But the question I don't even know what the question is. Like you can't argue with Tom Brady's legacy. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he's the greatest quarterback of all time because he did it without Belichick. He got to the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean that I don't think Peyton Manning is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Look, if you want to, I have no problem with anybody who says Peyton Manning's better, Joe Montana's better, whatever. I'm not really into, like, I'm not even into the Hall of Fame. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about MVP. I don't care about all-star games. I care about wins and losses and stuff like that. Like, that's all I really care about. So, I mean, when I, as a Patriot fan, watching all of Drew Bledsoe's games and seeing that they were 5-13 and 13 with Belichick and Bledsoe and seeing that, you know, Belichick was this close to being a great defensive coordinator and a lousy head coach. And when Brady got put in, everything changed. Everything. 
And Bledsoe was a decent quarterback. Now, he didn't care. He didn't study. He knew, like, but his Bled- job but was Bledsoe, Jeff- But Bledsoe, from his days, even going back to Washington State, was Mr. 500 yards passing. Was I mean, Drew Bledsoe was trending to be a, f- a first ballot Hall of Famer because he was big arm, big pass guy. That doesn't jive with, and, and I've talked about it many times on this show, you don't want the league's leading passer if you're going to the Super Bowl. You don't want it. Like, it doesn't jive with what... Yeah, but you seem to say, like, you can what, plug any quarterback into Bill Belichick that's adequate, and they're just going to win. I've never said that. Although Matt Castle won 11 games, that's neither here that nor there That team would have probably won 15 or 16 games that year. Now, that's coming after off a 16-0 and game. So with Brady, they probably win 14 at the least that season. They win 10 the next year. They lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Jets. They win 10 the next year when he comes back. Yeah, because his leg, was he, he's coming off a terrible injury. I mean, I mean, it's not easy to come off where your whole leg is fucked up and then play like lights out. Obviously, it's going to take a year. My point is simply, we can talk all that we want about what – Drew, how Drew Bledsoe fits into a Bill Belichick system and how whoever, whatever it is. But like once, once you have it in place, Matt Castle wins 11 games. Brissett wins the games. He starts Garoppolo wins the games. Like what, how were they without what happened Tom? in the Super Bowl with Garoppolo last year? He fucking died in the fourth quarter, like a bum. Wait, but gonna, oh, hold on, hold on, Maddie, hold on a second. Play next year. Hold on a second. I've been told all week, getting to the Super Bowl is what makes Tom Brady the goat. This team he did it without Bill Belichick. Garoppolo without, left. Without, he did it without pre, Bill Belichick. Without, without so, if, are, are we are we criticizing Tom Brady next week when he can't get it done against the Chiefs? Like yeah, everybody crazy. knows, Jimmy Garoppolo just handed the ball off last season. That's all he did. He made a few throws when he needed to, but basically he handed. He had one good game against the Saints. He's probably not even going to start next year. I'm sure the 49ers are looking to upgrade on quarterback. So when you're like, "Oh, Jimmy G is," you know, it says he's better than Tom Brady. I mean, he might not. I be didn't say Jimmy guy. G's better than Tom Brady. I said Jimmy D didn't lose a game playing for Bill Belichick as a Patriot. It's so ridiculous. Two games he played, three games. You're going to go by that. It's so funny because Matt Flynn put up six touchdowns with the Green Bay Packers. Remember that? And he got a massive contract. He should have took Aaron Rodgers' job. Remember I that know. game? I, no. 150 see, yards, six touchdowns. You're, you're, you're totally missing the point. The point is, is that you, everybody says, oh, people act like anybody could have done it with Bill Belichick. The point is, people did do it with Bill Belichick. Ooh. So. Garoppolo. Where's Brissette, the rings? Where's Matt Castle. The rings? So, so Matt Castle goes 11 and 5. And he does it. 10 and 6 with the Chiefs, too. And he so he's wait, had a so, couple good seasons. So, Matt, let me ask you a question. So, Matt Castle goes 11 and 5 with the Patriots. But, okay, he's a bum, but he's a bum because he can't make the playoffs. Tom Brady comes back and goes 10 and 6 and wins question. the division. Hold and on, now hold, he's the go Let me ask you a question. Hold on, hold on. How many rings? Maddie, Maddie, hold on. How many rings? Did the Patriots win if the year Brady gets hurt and they go, you know what, we're going to go with Matt Castle and we're going to let Brady go. How many rings do they have right now? I'll give you the answer. Zero. And Great. if you say one or two, you're out of your mind. I'm not saying that. My point is let's, let's not How many act. rings? 
I've never argued that at all. What I've argued what is that Peyton Manning wins 10. What I've argued is Peyton Manning wins 10 fucking straight. That's what I argue. And then Andrew Luck came right in, and, and when they went 1-15 after, after uh, uh, Manning got hurt, Andrew Luck came right in as a rookie and had some really great seasons. They had a terrible coach, too. Who knows what they could have done with, without Pagano because he wasn't very good. It was pretty much the Andrew Luck show. So he came right in and did his thing. Well, fellas, oh, well, I mean, what what are we arguing here? That that Andrew, I mean, Andrew Luck is what one of the it was the, that, single, yeah, was the yeah. single greatest quarterback. Uh, I'm just saying since. that you're you're saying like Peyton Manning, like nobody could do what he did, and then another guy came in and did pretty well for a few years. He took a lot of hits, and unfortunately, he's out of the league because he took too many hits. But he was very very good, and he took right off. He just they were right back in the playoffs, right back in the AFC Championship game. This this is what I think as as you guys are as are, you guys are duking it out, yeah. kind of the bystander. Why don't we bring Maddie back the day we do our Super Bowl preview? Why don't we we make some wagers? Make at least I, I'm willing to bet on Brady. I mean, first of all, starting to, I'm starting to believe. First of all, here's the thing. I'm all about having Maddie on to talk props, to talk Super Bowl, to talk all that. That's fine. Also, I, you know, the the conversation that's going on right now is exactly why I know what the Brady slurpers truly believe. Because I come on this episode last week or on Monday when Tom Brady gets to the Super Bowl, and I say Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. He did it with the Bucs. He did it without Belichick. He's going to the Super Bowl. I'm done arguing it. I take my L. If Ruther didn't have, wasn't hanging on to the L chain because he's supposed to wear it for two weeks, I'd wear it right now. I'm taking the L. Tom Brady's the GOAT. And Tom Brady's so like, you're not saying it loud enough. Like, that's why I believe what I believe about Tom Brady, because you guys believe it too. Because if you didn't believe it, you would just go, thank you. Finally, you come around. You go like, you don't say it the way I want you to say it. You don't say it. You don't say it with You're saying it now feeling. for real, but the, when you, I did listen to the last show, and you did say it in a way that was like, you're like, okay, he's the go, but you know the tuck rule. It's like it's like Ruther. Ruther loses a bet. Yeah, Ruther loses a bet so to Andy Laz. He pays him in all pennies. You got fucking paid. What do you want? You got paid. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. The reason I know you're insecure about it is because you're not like, thank you. I've been saying that all along. You're like, I want you to say it in a dress. I want you to say it in a Tom Brady jersey. You do say it in a very bad way. Kiss his son on the mouth or you don't mean it. Say you like his Botox. Say the cheating scandal was a lie. Say he never deflated footballs or you don't fucking mean it. Well, well, let me ask you a question about the the cheating stuff. So let's say he deflated footballs. And let's say, obviously, you think it gave him an advantage. So now, obviously, they're going to test every goddamn football the rest of the way. So since that... uh, deflating football nonsense he's been to he's won three super bowls he's been to five so i mean i don't know how if that's cheating or not i mean i don't know what the advantage was so let me ask you something matt because you're a poker guy i like to play poker 
right? Sure. I know you play most of your poker online, but you've hosted yep. a poker game at your house, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a guy come to your house, yep. right? He plays poker. The first time you, he wins a big pot, you find out after the fact, he had a, he had a phone set up behind you. He was videotaping your hands from behind. Like that guy, like that guy. It happened in real life. He was he was videotaping your hands from behind. Yeah, sure. And and you're like, you're fucking out. Yep. Now he comes back and he goes, listen, guys, I fucking cheated. It was wrong. Never gonna do it again. Mm-hmm. The next time he comes back, he's he's palming cards. He puts an ace up his sleeve when he gets dealt one. He hangs on to it for later on. What and are you then, trying to say? So what is gonna, the analogy here? My analogy is the third time you, you are you first of all are you even having him back a third time, and and if you do are you going well we know he's not filming and we know he's not palming aces, so since so, since we know he's not doing that he's probably not cheating. Okay, there's a guy who got caught cheating up in Sacramento. They were doing this thing where they had this internet. I'm sure you heard about it, right? Yep. The guy with the live feed. So he had all the he's like watching the cards on his fucking phone, in his lap. Okay. Now, they've done statistics when he has his phone and when they play these games, he's up like $500,000. And then they did these statistics that when he plays tournaments or plays catch games, he's a bum player. So I'm saying if if Brady was cheating that much, there would be such a drop-off. You know, it would be like, okay, yeah, he's definitely busted because look at his numbers. I mean, we've seen in baseball – Guys like some pitcher. I remember Dennis was was a Tim Larry. He was on the sure. Yankees. He went like five and zero, oh. and then they 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 showed him in the dugout like taking something out of his mouth and throwing it. And by after way, that, I'm he not, couldn't get. By the way, I've never I've never said Tom Brady was cheating alone. I, yep. Bill Belichick's also been punished for cheating. I'm just saying, let's let's not act like they got caught for cheating twice, and the second time they got caught cheating, that was the only things they were doing. Like. How many times you got to get caught cheating to be like, okay, these guys, oh, well, they're not deflating footballs anymore. They're pro- they've probably found the right side of the law. So what are the Bucks doing? What are they doing to cheat this I'm time? not saying the Bucks are doing anything to cheat. Look, guys, let me hop in here as, as, as the moderator of this. I think we're, we're losing focus. We're going down rabbit holes that – I am here saying that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Let's, let's do it. We can also – let's talk facts. Tom Brady played like dog shit in the second half of that football game. Tom Brady has been punished for cheating. Bill Belichick has been punished for cheating multiple times. What? What? Like, I'm I'm not saying anything that's a lie. Deflation is very debatable. I'm just okay. We'll, we'll, we'll look. The POS, whatever the hell it is, it's it's so P- ridiculous. PLS, it's PSI, Matty. Whatever it is, POS, piece of shit, fucking stupid Goodell with the bullshit. Okay, we'll look. We, we, there's so many places to go. Joe and I, we have a lot of dirtball calls that, that we right. got to catch up on. Much love to you guys. Maddie, no hard feelings. there's love no, there's no hard. Hey, but seriously, on a serious note, I think Joe and yeah. I are, Joe and I are concerned. Like get a comb or something, man. <laughs> also, Dude, wait, hold on, like hold on. This. And also, like I started, this, this like I started, to, like I started to say, we could do all the props and everything last week, but like the line's out. You guys got, you guys got, the Brady money line? What's going on the here? The thing is, what you do is like you you're like, well, Green Bay's gonna win, so bet me. And no. then they won. And I and you bet me, and you won. But I'm not, I, all I'm asking you now 
is do you want to bet or do you think yeah, Tom Brady I'm, I'm or start, do you think I'm Tom Brady's to, losing start, the Super Bowl? I'm starting to convince my brain that the Bucks will win because things are starting to look they're starting to roll like they did with Green Bay. So it starts with Eric Fisher being out, which is huge. Okay. It starts with them playing the Chiefs already, which is huge. I'm starting like after they saw the Chiefs destroy the Bills because I really like the Bills and I really liked their story. I was like, holy shit, this team is like, they're loaded. They're good. They're pretty um, pretty much unstoppable. But my heart is starting to unravel, and I think by next week I'll be ready to place a wager with you. Okay. All right. And, and, and I probably will too, just for fun. I'm starting to believe. Matty. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for doing the show. We'll bring you Much back. Much love. Sorry I raised my voice. Hey, Merry no, Happy New Year to you guys. <laughs> Dude, it's January 28th. You don't have to be well, doing happy still New January. Year's. You still stay happy New Year until February. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Goldberg, we love you, buddy. Thanks for doing the show. We'll, we'll see you, for the, we'll see you for the prop the bets next week. Yeah, we'll bring yeah, you on next care. week. Later, right, buddy. Peace out. Bye. That is unbelievable. Uh, Goldberg. <laughs> you guys are yelling at each other. I mean, I'm yelling at you, like, and I've done it with, I've done it with dirt balls online and I'll do it. Like, I don't know. It, it, to me at this point now, if you're still arguing with me, uh, anybody who's still arguing with me, Joe, I just, you, I, I feel your insecurity. Joe, you know why you're, you, you, you're calling him that and then taking, look, obviously I let you guys do your thing and just, I'm calling by. him that. And then I'm saying, but you're, but you're also dissing him too. Uh, listen, saying Tom Brady has been punished for cheating is not a diss that could go that could that, put it in a facts only video i'm not debating that but there are some other things oh by the way you, you're <laughs> we're both but good old maddie he's definitely my heart's unraveling he's getting all buttered up to make that that uh brady bet for next week great i want him to I, yeah. I, honestly i don't care either way but it's like i mean we believe or we don't believe. We can all believe the same things. I believed he was going to lose to the Packers, and I was wrong. Okay? And and Maddie profited off it, and you profited off it. I can believe he's going to lose to the Chiefs. If you guys believe he's going to lose to the Chiefs, and you don't want to make that bet because you don't want to not profit off it, totally understandable. And then we can all say we can all be on the same page, and we can all say Tom Brady's going to lose the Super Bowl. Tom Brady will be six and four in Super Bowls. Tom Brady, like, it's fine. I, I, I feel like I come with such reasonable approach to Tom Brady and people act like I'm Barry McCockner. I've never said that. Reasonable. I also, I'm like, it's, just, it's the same thing. People come at me over a LeBron James. Guys, I didn't say Michael Jordan is trash. I said Michael Jordan is formerly the greatest basketball player of all time and is now second. Yeah. This isn't blasphemous. Now, you know, we're a year anniversary. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. I'm not here to trample on the guy's thing, but, like, I, I don't think I'm shitting on Kobe Bryant when I say he's not a top 10 basketball player of all time. I'm just telling you what I think. I mean, people listen to this show. For what I think, you don't have to agree with it. Yeah. But if you feel the need to argue with me about it, I'm going to tell you why I think what I think. 
Sean Merriman, who is a friend of the show, posted a tweet yesterday with a video from his TikTok of him replying to a comment. Is Tom Brady that was Tom Brady the toughest quarterback that you had to prepare for? And he said, Tom Brady's the GOAT. But Peyton Manning was the toughest quarterback to prepare for. I agree 100% with Sean Merriman's analysis. Yeah, the debate, look, it'll go on. I, I, I will say if, 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 they, if the Bucs win, it, it's really tough to overcome the Brady discussion. But we do have – let's look. We got, we got a full week to discuss this. Why don't we move on to some calls? We've already moved on to the – We've already settled it. He yeah. doesn't have to win for he got there without not, Belichick. Yeah, not for me, not for you, apparently, but I'm, I'm saying for a lot of people. But we got a lot of calls. Before we get to the dirtball calls, I want to remind everybody to go out or you can order online some nice cold Miller Light Joe Prano, mm. the official beer of the Dirty Sports Podcast. I don't have to order it. I don't have to go out and get it. I have a. I. I am touching to my right side right now. My mini fridge, my Miller Lite mini fridge, that is filled with Miller Lights. And I gotta say, you know, I take pride in the fact that it's never empty and it's yeah. never and it's never close. Sure. If I get if I get below six a six pack of beers in there, I'm refreshing it. I might go refresh it out today. I got our boy Damo coming in for a visit this weekend. Guy, you're going to be sleeping next to a mini fridge guy. It's full of Miller Lite guy. Love it. Guys, go get you some dirty sports. Miller Lite, great taste, less filling. No matter how you feel about the start of 2021, you can get Miller Lite delivered to your door by going to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories, 3.2 grams of carbs per 12 ounces, and less than one gram of protein. Once again, just get it delivered or find your local grocery store. I know when I put in my zip code, there's a bunch of spots by me, including the, the Mega Kroger's here and the 45230. That's where I, that's, that's where I get the, the Miller Lite. Mega Kroger's? It's a big, it's a big Kroger's. I call it they don't brand it as a mega. No, Kroger. that's Sandy Rutherism. Okay, but but I but I I'll always put that in, you know, because my brother is a huge Miller Lite drinker, uh, and he loves having a nice cold Miller Lite when I dominate him on the video uh, game Galaga. So go get you some Miller Lite. MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports. Okay, Joe, we have a lot of calls. Miller Lite, by the way, the, the Tom Brady esque. They've just been doing it for. You can't argue with the longevity. No, they've been doing it for so long. And it's such a consistent pace. And they have this can. Then they had the blue can they went to for a while. Then they came back to this can. Like, you know, you could argue it, but it's a losing argument. They've just been doing it for so long. Yeah. So we have a lot of calls. Shout out to the Dirt Balls. We're not going to be able to get to all of them today. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. So we have a lot of calls. And... uh Let's just get through some of these, Joe. Let's do it. Sports, non-sports, love them all. We'll start here with a non-sports one. I don't know. Hold on. Let me do this one. Joe, Andy, number one Minnesota Farm Dirt Ball, Jay. Um, 
I was talking to my dad the other night about pranks he pulled in college. I'm a, I was graduated college in 2019. Um, so the best prank that we did was we went to this, these girls' house that were kind of messing with us and we, we took all the labels off their soup can. But we couldn't get too crazy because otherwise we'd be canceled. But, um, my dad was the U of M in like the late 70s, early 80s. And he was in a frat and, uh, <laughs> it was an ag frat and one of the, they messed with the other frat and they took like ditchweed, like hemp, but it obviously looks like marijuana and they planted it in their rival frat front yard. So I thought that was pretty good. I wonder what you guys had for good pranks that you pulled before the canceled era happened. You know, I, I've said this, uh, on the show. I've said this to By my friends. By the way, shitting in a dryer is not a prank. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Look, I shot in a washing machine. Sorry. Uh, I've said this to friends. I've said this on the show. I, you know, they talk about the greatest generation was the World War II generation. I think the greatest generation was like my generation, your generation, because we got to do stuff right before the iPhone. There was, there's the iPhone. There's pre and post iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. So I graduated college in 2005. The iPhone came out in 2007. After that, you couldn't do kind of like what he's saying with his dad versus now. You couldn't do the shenanigans. And I've said this on the show. You know, my fraternity got a giant, a giant orange uh, construction barrel, and we filled it with uh, cow shit from one of the kids' farms. And, and we had the, the bottom open. So if you lifted it, it would seep. I mean, it, it was a tall one. It would seep everywhere. And we put that in the middle of campus. And they didn't know how to handle it. Uh, and we had. And how, how did they handle it? I forget. I and mean, we had buck. I bet you we had ten to fifteen just big buckets full of cow shit that we dumped in it on campus. Uh, we all got called in. Our fraternity got suspended for socially suspended for a semester. They questioned us one by one. That was a good prank. Um. Trying to think what else. Oh, for for that prank, you're saying? Yeah, we got on social probation. I mean, this is just kind of mean. I don't know if it's a prank. The kid, uh, shout out to Wa, the Vietnamese kid across the the hall from me, who was always um, cooking uh, and stinking up the entire floor with his food. I mean, it, it smelled. You know, I'm sure I get canceled for saying that. But I was drunk one day after coming back from a day Cardinals game, and I stuck his chopsticks in between my ass cheeks. Mm, that's cancelable for sure. And then later on that day, he was eating his uh, food with uh, those same chopsticks. My my go to move, my go to like kind of uh, like recurring prank was because I would always get up in the mornings and like after you go out to a frat party and you'd be so hang hungover, like I would just like whatever was by me, I would just like pound liquid. So my recurring prank was always bringing a bottle of something that you didn't want to drink to one of the frat parties. So when I, you know, you know, at frat parties, people break off in the rooms like, Oh, let's go smoke in this room. Or like, Hey, come to my room for this drink or whatever. I would always uh, ditch something that you didn't want to drink in somebody's mini fridge, just knowing that they got up the next day and probably drank it. And the worst one was that I did it to a friend of mine who uh, drank a Mott's apple juice bottle full of my pee and he he literally got up and drank like chugged the entire bottle of 
piss before realizing it because I put it in his fridge and left it there overnight. But like my thing was also kind of like, you know, if it's if it's in your fridge and it's not yours, like probably shouldn't drink it. So got got my friend Mike with that. He was furious. And yeah, he's uh, drinking your urine. That's some pretty yeah. savage stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's not jacking off on someone's turtle, but it's right. Savage. Yeah. I, I mean, I see, I see, I see the line with the Prano family and, and in high in high school. Uh, you know, I went to an all boys school, but we had an all girls sister school that we shared classes with. And in the senior lounge of the girls school, uh, where, where my friends and I would like, you, you know, it's a place you hang out like between class or whatever. So we would spend a lot of time in the girls senior lounge. They had a big water cooler oh boy. and, and we filled it with uh, fish. Like we went to the pet store and got like a bunch of fish and okay. they came, they came in and there was like fish in there, but it was also like, it was, it was not just like, Hey, look, there's fish in there. It was like, how are we going to get these? What's gonna, how are we going to save these fish? That's a lot better than where my mind was going. Yeah. My mind was like instantly going pornographic. No. As far as what you were going to do to that water cooler. I have so many more, I'll be honest. And, uh, some of them I definitely don't want to share. Just share the non-cancelable ones. Well, I think I've already shared a few cancelable. I mean, I was I was a degenerate. Like I was such a degenerate. I was always the naked guy. I was always doing stupid things. Um, I mean, I bet half that campus saw my dick at some point. Like I got to the point that I thought you could just drop your pants and it was cool. And like you couldn't get thrown out of a bar. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like putting my dick on people, just like shaking it, you know? Yeah. That was, see, that was pre-canceled times. You could do that. Yeah. I know. I mean, just think about the amount of like exposed genitals in a bar pre and post, like it must've gone down, you know, an infinite percent. It's like exposed genitals in bars are down 50,000% this year. Which is a whole discussion, which I could really pick apart, by the way. The thought that if it's nothing sexual, like, like you, you could pick apart the argument, right? Hold on. Let me just go here real quick. I see your face. Okay. No, no, hold on. I'm serious. You could pick apart the argument of- you're, like, you're, about to, you're about to go full mask, Karen. You're like, dude, I'm peeing on my freedom. No, 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 no. I'm not peeing on that. I'm saying I, I was going to go from a different angle, from like more of a feminist movement angle of women should be able to show their breast, and I, I think they should, right? The angle of it's just a part of the body. I think the idea that nudity, like if a girl showed her breast. Well, I mean, that's, that's like kind of where we're at on the social media thing right now, right? Like guys can be shirtless all over Instagram, but girls can't. Yeah. It, and is, I think very that, weird. it is very weird. No, I agree. I think that's bullshit. A, a woman should be able to show her breast. But then you move, that was my point. Then you move to another area. Like if, like I know maybe a dick and a breast isn't the same thing. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just saying like Can we clip what, that guys? I know I think I know a dick and a breast aren't the same thing. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to cancel Miley Cyrus this week because she said that did you see that? No. What happened? You know I'm a Miley stan. Some idiot editorial because she, you know, she's bisexual. Miley said that. Every something along the lines, everybody knows tits are hotter than dicks or something. 
and somebody wrote an editorial in like on like out.com how that's transphobic i mean dude dude we've <laughs> dude we've lost our minds like she couldn't be more of like an ally for right. that, that that that's what i was gonna say is like but, but like the attacking of the allies is fine when you turn when you when you're eating your own that's when you're gonna get in trouble yeah i mean it, it was just one of those things that i saw and i was like wait they're going after miley and it, it i don't know it's just let me pull it up real quick because it's it's pretty funny the headline reads miley cyrus preference in, in quotes remarks show underlying transphobia mm. it was actually she was doing an interview on barstool and uh she said no! that oh no she said that uh yeah she said miley you were the chosen one whatever so, so basically after what she said everyone knows that tits are prettier than balls that was it so this is what the person wrote you're gonna love this they said i wish i could say this news makes me excited and proud to be a woman and a lesbian but cyrus's quote is littered with transphobia this kind of gender essentialism was left behind by most of the queer community years ago genitals do not equal gender and miley should know this i mean dear god i mean come on dude this is where we're at all right let's get to uh let's get to another call i i already know i already know your answer on this but okay. i think i think you're gonna have to repeat this story again oh boy what's up fellas it's jt from jersey longtime listener just uh calling with a question i'm sure this has been answered in the podcast before i know i've heard a lot of stories um but i was just wondering if you guys had any crazy you know super bowl stories with the super bowl coming up uh i remember two years ago you know me and the boys drank heavy and um one of them ended up vomiting all over my room so that's that um that's college for you but you know let me know if you guys got anything crazy I'm sure, you know, Mikey or someone, you know, must have fucking broke a table or something at some point. Um, stay dirty, fellas. Condoms are for Tom Brady and Joe Bartnick, as usual. Ooh, shots fired. I mean, uh, obviously, the two recent, the two Eli Manning Super Bowl Giants wins were both probably my most glorious Super Bowl moments of my life like you know giants won one when i was really young then the, obviously scott norwood miss i was still pretty young that was you know exciting but like celebrating super bowl wins as an adult uh are like a whole other thing especially like i guess what uh, 2007 i'm like 28 you know and uh 27 something like that and then and then 2011. So those are my two. Uh, the first one, um, to start the Giants' first Eli Manning Super Bowl run, uh, a guy I know was getting rid of a gigantic TV, and uh, he was like, just get it out of my apartment. And we literally got it up the fifth floor of my walk-up um, for, like, like, got it up and got it plugged in and got it connected to cable, like, within seconds of the first uh, playoff game of that season. And so the Giants win. 
And I just go like, I'm watching every game here on this TV. So the whole Super Bowl run, I watched at home in my apartment. And, and when the Giants beat the 18 and 0 Patriots, my plan was for the day, I literally probably started drinking at noon. And I was like, I'm going to drink until the Giants are getting blown out or they win this game, whichever happens first. And when they won, I was so excited. I put on Spoons, the underdog, full blast, on repeat, was running up and down the hallway of my apartment, was standing on the kitchen counter celebrating, and was just like, I've never been so excited about a football game in my life. And I remember the very next day, I got up so hungover the next day and had to go to work. And I went to walk Vince. And like, I was so discombobulated that I went outside in like shorts and a t-shirt, not thinking it's February and it is snowing. And I am so hungover and I'm walking a dog in shorts and a t-shirt in, you know, 28 degrees and, and snow falling. And I was just like, this is the best hungover feeling of my life. I'm, I'm so hungover because the Giants beat the 18-0 Patriots. And then the second one, uh, which I've definitely told this story on before, I watched here in L.A. And my, our, our friend Dave, who's actually a big Eagles fan, was like, congratulations, buddy. You deserve this. Let's go out. And we ended up going to the strip club in Santa Monica. And I was so drunk. Is that, that plan B? Is that plan B? No, it was uh, Silver Rain. Okay. And I actually was just like, so like, I don't, I barely remember it. I like, it was totally like, you know, Dave Briggs. It yeah. was totally like a Dave Briggs plan. He's like, we're, we're going to the strip club to celebrate. And I was like, I just, I'm good. He's like, nope, we're doing it. Like any reason that he can find to, to lose his mind, he will, even if it's, his most hated football team winning. It was like he used my excitement to do his actions. Sure. So we go there and all I remember is him being like, I have to go home and I'm being like, and me being like, I'm going to leave too. And we left and he was like, no, 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 you should go back in. And he gave me like a wad of cash and he's like, it's on me, go back inside. And I think they wouldn't let me back inside because I was super drunk. And then I started walking home from Santa Monica. And then like I was back in New York city, I just stepped out into Santa Monica Boulevard, like trying to hail a cab. Like you do that in LA, like you don't do that in Los Angeles. This is pre Uber basically like trying to just like flag down a, a cab to take me home. And I flagged down a cop and they came out and they were like, what are you doing? You're in the middle of Santa Monica Boulevard, like hailing cabs. And I was like, I'm just celebrating a super bowl. And I was wearing my JPP Jersey. And they could tell that I was like, whatever. And they're like, can we see your ID? I went to reach for my ID, ended up pulling out my cell phone, throwing it directly in the air. <laughs> it comes down, it shatters. And like, I don't know how, but I don't, it gets very blurry from there. But I, as much as I can piece together is that they then put me in their cop car and drove me home. <laughs> white, and the white, next day, white privilege right there, Joe. Brown. Yeah. And the next day I got up, and it's it's a and by the way I don't even recall that so that might not have happened but I that's what I that's the best I can put together which of course the one time in my life cops ever treated me decently I don't I have no recollection of it um, but the next day I was so hungover that 
I was living in Lachlan's back house at the time in his garage, yeah. basically. I would so hungover. I got up, would get in the shower in hopes that would like make me feel better. And then would stumble back to bed and like fall asleep soaking wet and then get up. I, I probably did it eight times that day where I just kept thinking a shower was going to make me feel better. And then I kept getting back in bed and like a towel wet and like passing out. So hungover. That's probably the most hungover I've ever been. It's 10 years ago, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I got pretty lit. The two Super Bowls I got most lit was uh, Saints, Colts. I was working. I was waiting tables at the uh, Hotel Oceana in Santa Monica. And they didn't have TVs in like the lounge where I worked. I just kept in like an empty room checking the score. But I got so lit, the whole staff did during the Super Bowl. I remember at one point I was sitting down with some of the hotel guests, like drinking, and somebody was like, yo, dude, what the fuck? I'm like, they're like, you got to like keep working. Like you're literally on the clock. I'm like, well, I'm just hanging out. And then I got yelled at for that. Like I got pretty blacked out. And then the next year was uh, Packers Steelers guy on couch. We went to his buddy's house party in the Valley. I think I told this story and I knew I had to drive home. So I was under control at the party, but guy so your, couch, your, your two years were back to back years. Yeah. And guy on couch got lit and guy on couch, big Packers fan, diehard Packers fan. Yeah. And some, I think I told this story. I know I did. A couple of some, some like Cholo Raiders fans showed up in Raiders jerseys, and they they were some there were some shit talking throughout the game because that was a pretty back and forth game. Yeah, they're all rooting for the Steelers, and they're wearing Raiders jerseys. Type of guys I'm not fucking with, for the record. And at one point, guy on couch stands up in front of everybody. And it was a huge party. There was people inside, people outside, multiple TVs. He stands up and looks at those guys and he goes, the Raiders fucking suck. I'm going to curb stomp your face. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I remember I looked at my buddy because my buddy was in town. And I go, when these fucking guys pull out knives and stab guy on couch, I'm doing nothing. He threatened to curb stomp guys who would kick his ass. They actually didn't do anything. It would have been great if they had like stabbed him in the spine and his his full Larry Flint impression would have come together <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> but you know what I won that party? I won, you know, they were doing like raffles and giveaways. They had this massive jug of some alcohol concoction, but it was really sweet. And you you got you got you the, won you won diabetes. <laughs> dude, so get this. So again, I wasn't drinking too much because I had to drive from the Valley back to Venice. So I bring this thing back home and I just start going to town. And I think all that sugar did not sit well. And I went to the bars that night and I came back and I was boozing more. I woke up. It was one of those times where like I woke up and literally just started yakking everywhere. Just so hungover. Just felt miserable. And I think Guy on Couch was living here. He was living with me at the time still. I think he threw up too. We were a mess. How old are you at this point? So this is, would that be the Super Bowl for the Giants? Second Patriots? Yeah, that'd be the one before, right? So two, that'd be two, that's the 2010 Super Bowl or 2011 Super Bowl 2010 so I'm like, season, right? I'm like, I'm like late 20s. Yeah. Back when I was still degenerate. Yeah. Well, Joe, we have a uh, we have a dirtball donation call next. Great. 
Shout out to Reed who made a, made a nice little Venmo donation. Again, Joe and I can be bought, guys. We've said that many times. So he basically wanted to give his two cents on a lot of recent calls or discussions, and he used the full two minutes. He paid for it, and that's totally acceptable. So he wants to drop his two cents and maybe add to some things that we might have missed. Hey, Dirty Sports. It's Reed, formerly from Davis, now from West Sac. So I want to do a quick recap on a bunch of topics that have been discussed the past few weeks. So first of all, Subway. Subway is not very good. That being said, the fact that it's a consistent place to get a vegetarian meal, I'd have to appreciate as a vegetarian myself. Joe, your girlfriend might have something to say on that matter as well. It's difficult to find reasonably priced vegetarian options sometimes, so Subway's a, a good default if there's nothing else available. That being said, it's garbage. Second, uh, there was mention of greatest NBA players of all time. This was around the time the Subway call came in. You guys put forward the usual Jordan victims, you know, Barkley, Ewing, so on. I had a few more to add to that, just for consideration. Chris Paul, Mac, Chris Webber, Reggie Miller, Sean Kemp. To clarify real quick, this is greatest NBA players who did not, did win, not, a win. Did not win a title. All all-time greats who don't have rings. I just, well, maybe not Sean Kemp, but I just want to put those forward. Next, uh, there was discussion about how many kids is too many kids. I think four. I think any more than four kids in this day and age, you're, you just got to wrap it up, get the snip, whatever. Uh, next, I wanted to say that I really appreciate that the, the Dirtball Call jingle is back. I've always enjoyed it and sad that it was gone and happy that it's back. Next, you guys were discussing um, NFL coaches recently, or coaching hires. What you guys didn't mention was Brandon Phillips for the Chargers. I think it's a great hire. He's a defensive-minded coach. It's, uh, Brandon Staley, right? Brandon Phillips used to play second base for the Cincinnati Reds. I think that's who he means. Anyway. Chargers have a, a lot of good talent on defense. They were missing their top three players for most of the season this season, so that explains why their defense is so bad. But get all those guys back. There were James, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. Brandon Phillips can do some shit. Last but not least, I wanted to say Harry's is awesome. I've had it for a few weeks now. I don't want to say anything, so I had a good use of it. Guys, get Harry's. Trust me, it's the best deal. Um, anyway, uh, that's, that's about it. Uh, hope y'all are staying safe, staying healthy. That was, that was very methodical. Yeah. I liked it. Mode through it. I liked it. I want to weigh in on some of his weighing ins. the subway, like the, the, the most, like the scariest thing about subway is the meats. So if I guess if you take the meats off, like saying it's a reasonable place to eat is like, I, I can hear that argument. Do I, do, do I want to eat it? Like the idea of eating Subway without meat to me is like, uh, now I really don't need to go there, but I understand where he's coming from because the meats are definitely the scary part of it. Yeah. Um, T-Mac, uh, I fully agree with, and we've talked about it on this show. Um, I basically think T-Mac is what people want Kobe Bryant to be, but Kobe Bryant gets all the hoopla because he won all the rings, which I'm not saying either of those. I don't think T-Mac is Peyton Manning, you know, of basketball players by any means, but this ties in nicely to what I've said about Brady and Peyton Manning, which is like Kobe gets a lot of the hype and a lot of the love because he got the five rings, whereas T-Mac gets none of the hype and none of love because he's got no rings. But like, was he significantly better? <laughs> yeah, I kind of think he was. <laughs> At least like peak 
primeness. Yeah. By the way, I, I looked at YouTube. Maddie wanted to chime in how we forgot the bathroom incident after the Eagles Super Bowl. We haven't forgotten, Maddie, the two girls uh, hooking up with each other very aggressively. Yeah. I feel like he masturbates to that a lot. <laughs> the fact that he brought it up. That was a wild Super Bowl. That was a dirtball Super Bowl. Remember me and, me and uh, Padoti? Yeah. Me going off in the hot tub? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Maddie, Maddie invited dirt. What a wild Super Bowl. Maddie inviting dirt balls. How many dirt balls there? Pedoti was there. Jesus was there. Morgan Grimmett. Morgan was there. Was B the Indigo there? B the Indigo with his crew. Yeah. That was a different one than Tug attended, right? Or was that? No, the Tug was there too. I was thinking that I used to do a lot of Super Bowls at Maddie's. I mean, there was multiple years. It was just me and Maddie together. Just yeah, us two. You guys should do it again this year. You guys should definitely do it again this year. The Brady Bowl. Yeah. Well, new, new, new setup. Does Maddie leave his little, uh, his little area where he did the show today? Or does he watch from there? I mean, I think this just proves that you know, proves Maddie's greatness. He could do it when he was in the big basement and he can still, and he can still come through when he's in the RV. Everybody was saying he couldn't do it without his sister, but he moved on. Now he's in, now he's in the RV and he's, he's still bringing the heat on the dirty sports podcast. That's why he's the goat. Oh, oh Ed Kim was there too. That's right. Ed Kim. That's right. Love Ed. Shout out to Ed. Okay. Here's a, here's a call about the, uh, Ed just Ed is such a such a quiet assassin. He is totally forget he's there. Good energy from Ed Kim. Love that guy. Yeah, for sure. Here's a here's a call about the evolution of our show. Hey, this is my first time calling. I just wanted to call Andy and thank him for putting so much work into the show over the past four or five years now. I mean, the consistency, making sure it comes out every single day. I'm sorry, every single week, two times a week, is absolutely absurd for that long duration, especially with everything you have going on. But my question is, as someone who is doing his own podcast and looks like it's going to be his career, what is the thought process of going through and changing the show? I mean, it was used to be dirty sports, and now it's something completely different, unrecognizable. If you put on a show from SoundCloud three years ago, I don't know if it's Joe or Andy got a side gig and they can't talk about what they used to, or maybe it's due to new advertisers, but interested in hearing. And yeah, thanks, guys. Well, first of all, I appreciate the, the very kind words and praise. And uh, that, that, seriously, that means Andy, a lot to me. Andy, that, Andy, Andy. It really means a lot. Um, I, I would have to respectfully disagree, though. Um, you know, we've definitely changed and maybe moved in a different direction, but I think you do in life, right? Joe's not the same person who I met 10 years ago. I'm not the same person. You know, things happen to people, but I would respectfully disagree that it's still dirty sports. Um, you know, just a few minutes ago, Joe talked about peeing in a bottle and putting it in someone's fridge. And I talked about showing my dick everywhere and last week, I did a full discussion about going into whorehouses. So, so my argument would be like, dude, we're still saying stuff you're not hearing on the mainstream. 
I think I also I think it's you know to answer his question you know he's like is it this is it this is it this yes it's all those things and a million other things it's just uh, the evolution of culture the show sports uh what you know all of those things we are along for the ride and also just trying to find our way within it as well i mean the idea that um i think i think uh sense of humor's change opinions change and then also you know the conversation changes and the the you know culture changes and all that stuff are there things like i i you know i'd say this just being in comedy in general but cer- certainly dirty sports is in that there's things that we used to say that like i bet you and you look back in in our comedy and our stand up things that we used to say that i would cringe at hearing myself say now and then there's things that i would hear in my comedy past that i'd be like i'd still say that today if i could you know what i mean like it like i didn't stop saying it because it's cringy i stopped saying it because of how other people would feel and i think so that just goes across the board you could say you know uh that this would this this is this is like rightfully cancelable and this is like wrongly but like you can't really argue with the you know the 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 pitchforks yeah and i think it's a balance obviously we joke about cancel culture and in a lighthearted way even though i i think joe and i would both agree it's a problem on a lot of regards but there's also times where it's legit you know so you got to find a balance and I always notice this the most when I watch comedies from the 80s or even 90s. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You watch certain things. God, what did I see recently where I was like, wow. Oh, it was uh, my brother put it on. It's an easy watch. God, what is it called? 30, sec- 30 seconds or less. Is that what it's called? With Aziz Ansari and sure, Nick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Swartzen. Yep. And uh, what's his name? He's bounded down. Yeah, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. We we watched that last week. Again, it's an easy watch because you can talk over it. It's a 90-minute movie. Joe, that came out in 2011. Some of the things they said, me and my brother were like, wow. Well, dude, I, I, I still regularly watch Friends because it's just something that's always on. Yeah. Last night, there was an episode of Friends where they like imagined what their lives would be if things hadn't changed. And Monica is still fat. And it's still airing today, but it would never, ever, ever be put on for the first time today. It's just a bunch of fat jokes. Like, we're not allowed to do that anymore. You're yeah. not allowed to make fun. You're not allowed to like, be like, oh, she was just so fat. Like, it just absolutely can't happen. Yeah. But it, you know what I mean? That's what's so crazy is it's, it's still on. They haven't canceled it, but like... You could never do it. If you wrote a friend, like think of how like vanilla Friends is. If you wrote this episode of Friends and took it to a studio today, they'd be like, this is so remarkably offensive. Yeah. It's just like his wife's a lesbian. Oh, she's fat. You're like, Jesus. It's like. Yeah. But again, context, right? Like that, that's, that's my biggest problem with cancel culture is you, you keep, you're moving the goalpost. You're setting a place in time of a current 
something that is currently like you're viewing something currently from a past context, if that makes sense. And that's just yeah. not fair. And it's like, I haven't watched the special and I'm assuming it's a special, but my buddy sent me a great, it's a great clip from Jim Jeffries latest special talking about that. And in particular, he's talking about comics and that's his point of, we were always walking. Uh, does, I don't want to sum up his whole thing. Have you seen this? No, but I'm just assuming Jim Jeffries is throwing down a safety net for every single thing that happened at Eddie F's house. He was basically saying we were always walking a fine line. Yeah. Like we were walking right up to the line as comics. Like you get right near that line, right? And his, his argument was we were always close. Sometimes we went over. You learn. Sometimes a joke doesn't work because the problem is you're holding comics whose job is to make people laugh to the same yeah. standard as non-comics. So now when that line's been pushed back, you're, you're way over that line, right, Joe, for a joke you did yeah. in 2008? And, that, and that's kind of his point. In 2020, you, you just that's not fair to comics. And I don't know. But I, you know, I think overall, I think we've done a good job, and, and I think Joe's right. It's a combination of all those things. And uh, I still do, though, say, you know, it's dirty sports, like I said. You know, I try to swear less. You guys can make fun of me for that. I know I took a, I, I took a lot of flack for that, but I was just finding myself, I was finding myself swearing just to swear. And I, and I see you laughing so hard right now at me. I, I yeah, I remember, I, I just remember the two weeks where it became Christian sports. <laughs> It wasn't Christian sports, although last you, night you where you and Nick were born again in the Smut Studio. <laughs> Nick was like, you know, millennials don't say F so much. And you're like, oh, yeah, I hear that. I gotta see Nicky D. He's like, there's a great Bible quote about it. Let me read it to you, Andy. And you're like, read it to me on read it to me on the way to Costco. I miss I miss the days of Nicky D. I got I got I gotta hang out with him. I talked to him the other day. Guys, those are gonna be the calls, and that's gonna be the show. We're gonna wrap it up. 310-359-8365. Thank you for the support. I I know if you left an iTunes review, I promise you it's coming out. The, the koozies. Like I literally have koozies. I literally have like 15 envelopes that are already packaged. I just gotta get the stamps at the post office. So uh, get those in, and if you leave an iTunes review, leave a Twitter, Instagram handle so I can reach out to you. Joey, what about you? Same as always, at Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on TikTok, at Joe Prano on Venmo, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Keep drinking that Miller Lite. Keep letting me know about it. Um, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And, yeah. uh, and if, you're, if you're a Christian like Andy Ruther, Grab that rosary today and say a prayer that Andy's boy Trevor Bauer joins the Mets. This is, you know, a lot of the talk of, uh, of what are they calling it? Like uh, a Reddit gate or whatever, or game, yeah. GameStop mania is, is Steve Cohen's uh, involvement. And I think people might be confused. I, don't, I actually don't think, I think he might've benefited from this more than been hurt by it. I think he, dove in and try to bail some folks out in hopes of getting equity in their thing. So I, I think uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's wheeling and dealing just like he always does. And bring me Trevor Bauer. Let's go. I need him. We got rid of Steven Matz. That was the thing that I know we didn't talk about the Texans coach and I was going to shoehorn in Steven Matz. I just want to say good luck to Steven Matz in Canada when, uh, 
when he's absolutely shoving for like a Blue Jays playoff game, I'm going to drink myself to death. But good luck to Long Island's own Steven Matz up there north of the border or wherever they end up playing baseball this year. All right. Well, that's the show. Much love to the Dirtball fam. Appreciate the support as always. You guys have a great and very blessed Christian week. I'm kidding. Have a great weekend, guys. And as always, stay dirty.